Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Music Challenge Podcast, where every week, three music-loving friends sit down and talk brass tacks about the music that has touched our lives. This season on the Music Challenge Podcast, we'll be talking about our formative four, the four albums that set us on our personal musical journeys. Where did your musical journey begin? Let us know who your formative four are. We'll be featuring listener selections along the way, and we just may feature your groundbreaking music grails. The albums that started it all for you and what you are listening to now. Let us know what we're missing out on and what we can be listening to. Email us at musicchallengepod at gmail.com or slide into our DMs at musicchallengepod on Instagram. Keep your eyes and ears peeled for weekly episodes featuring some of the most influential albums of our past, present, and future. And now, without further ado, let's jump into the latest episode of the Music Challenge Podcast. And welcome to the Music Challenge Podcast, part two, take two, I should say. <laughs> take two. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome, Rob and Jed, my co-hosts. What Jed, is up? How you doing, Rob? I'm good. I'm good. Sitting in the basement, chilling out, hiding from the family. Um, yeah. whiskey, beer, whiskey, beer, and other provisions. And uh, my mini fridge. All right, Rob's in survival mode. In I'm in hyperspace in my basement. Yep. Uh, Jed's background screen is, uh, we're on the Zoom. We're doing a Zoom podcast, of course, in these days. Uh, Rob's, uh, Jed's background is as the Millennium Falcon goes into hyperspace. It's so, pretty you know, The trail of the stars. Uh, my favorite so far. Yeah, actually, I liked the previous one, but this one's just as cool. I like it uh, a lot. And Rob's got his... Um, uh, field I, I don't of know greens. How, field of greens, of collard greens. Yes, they look like yeah. that's what they look like. I can't really tell what they are it's, to tell it, you the truth. It's actually <laughs> some of the it's actually some of the finest indica grown in Illinois. It's it's a legally taken taken. And I know everyone laughed when you said that. But. In in so over forty uh, percent of our audience is out of state. Oh, well, wow. Well, it's legal here, guys. Um, so if you don't live here, I'm sorry. Well, and I'm sure we'll somebody's got to be from Cali. Um, they got that shit. Actually, that's out. the biggest state behind Illinois. Well, Cali, you got that shit. <laughs> right. You do. Yeah. Plus, you get degrees all the they time. They also have the suicidal tendencies. So, yeah. They, yes, they yeah, do. That they bit hard. Sense. Yeah. Thank yeah, yeah. you, guys. Thanks for that. Yeah. yeah thank thanks. you. Every, okay. First, I guess I'd like to say, um, Obviously, we put together a, a Facebook page last week, and you guys responded big time, and that is awesome. So thank if you. If you're listening to this right now, we are we are so grateful for your participation in this in this exercise. And Absolutely. I want to I want to I want to particularly uh, appreciate one listener, John D, uh, who's from the suburbs of um, Chicago, Illinois, USA, and uh, that's for one oh, yeah. lessons in Portugal. Uh, but in any case, John D. put in his formative four, and uh, we are going to do one of John D.'s albums, just like we guarantee oh, we yeah, man. I'm excited. Um, yeah. John, John, great, great formative four. Great yeah. formative four. John, John and I used to swap. Uh, first of all, John is a, a roommate of mine from college. And uh, and we have really similar tastes. I mean, like, we were the only two guys in the house who liked Naked Ray Gun. And uh, oh, that was naked Reagan. That was one of his formative four. It was uh, the Lemonheads. It was Fugazi. It was Fugazi. Uh, 
what did I just say? Um, oh, Naked Ray Gun. Right. Lemonheads, Fugazi, and then Naked the Ray Gun. And uh, the other one's was, really uh, good Son- Sonic Youth, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sonic Youth goo. It's funny because I was actually listening to the Lemonheads uh, the day that we got that in. That's cool. I was, I was, I was like randomly listening to a Lemonheads album because <laughs> like someone had made some comment about evan dando playing acoustic and i was like he's such a bad one of those albums and then i was like i'm gonna listen to some lemonheads it was bad but i saw i saw the lemonheads play live at the bone student center oh really state my alma mater and they were great i mean great um that you know we keep talking about the shows that you and i both saw at the correct student union in uh because rob was going to school in bloomington illinois which is where illinois state is and at the time actually but whatever a little bit both you know there's extension services and whatever and uh let's just call it bloomington normal uh but normal is significant in in the name itself that is why fish played there however um exactly uh, I lived in Champaign at the time, done with the U of I, and we ended up hitting a bunch of similar shows. I saw Love and Rockets mm. at the Bone Student Center. What? How is that the first yeah. time you told me this? What? Because no one else I know likes Love and Rockets. I have never. I mean, you you know I like Love. I don't know. Who. No, we've never discussed Love and Rockets. But, but I mean, man, think about- I was deep in the Love and Rockets in high school. Fuck I mean, yeah! We are really covering Ozzy Osbourne tonight. And, um, you know, the uh, Prince of Darkness or something like that. What do they call him? Yeah, that's right. The Prince of Darkness. You nailed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, cross of uh, whateverness. And, uh, but, um, so you were cruising a day around this. And so what we're going to do is um, we just kind of decided to take, we're going to take a little look at Black Sabbath. And we think everyone takes a look at Paranoid. And, and so, it's a it's a logical step, wouldn't y'all think, if we're reviewing Blizzard absolutely. to go backwards? Because that's kind of the order I went in. True. And it's just like, you totally, Blizzard of Oz was his first solo endeavor after Black Correct. Sabbath. Correct. And he said at the time, he's like, I thought I was going to get kicked out of the music industry because he was just like, thought he was just going to fall on his face. Absolutely. I mean, think about it, Drew. This dude was kicked out of Black fucking Sabbath. Like, you have to be a freaking asshole. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, like a drug her, like a drug-taking freak that is just out of control. I mean, getting kicked out of Black Sabbath, it's almost like Jason Isbell getting kicked out of the drive-by truckers. I mean, how do you do that? That guy got man? kicked out of Rack, or uh, not Rack, well, the guy from Rack who got kicked out of Kung Fu. Oh, so today I, you know, I was going through listening to the records that we're talking about today, and I I listened to which Blizzard is Masters of, of Reality by Ma- right Ma- it's Master actually of Ma- Reality Master of Reality, but we I had put on Blizzard of Oz first, um the the second album or the which is the pre- primary album we're doing tonight subject to this show, and I jumped uh, in the car. We were going to Menards to get some bird stuff, shocking, and um. I said, "Hey, we're we're listening to this. We're listening to this because I'm review, reviewing it tonight on my podcast." And so I threw it on. Um, I don't know comes on. Great freaking opening track. Don't ask and, me. And I don't uh, know. She looks at me, and I look at her, and she's kind of pausing. And I love when she does this, guys. Like everybody out there, she doesn't want to fuck and, up either. And so, 
I'm looking at her, she's looking at me, and I know she's thinking, who is this? And she goes, Dad, Daddy, is this Ozzy Osbourne? I was like, Autumn, you make me so damn proud. So That's pretty good if, like, you know, she knows multiple bands and was able to, it's also distinctive, but, I mean, that's pretty, because, like, my six-year-old son asked me if I was listening to the OCs the other day. And, no, uh, that's but, awesome, dude. But he, he got thinks, him on the right path. He thinks everything nice. I listens to is the OCs, though. Well, it's, it's like probably eighty percent of it. I huh? played this. I was going to band practice, and he's like, "You're going to play band like the OCs?" And I'm like, "God, I <laughs> fucking wish." I mean, <laughs> quite the opposite, I assure you. Um, well, you got you you got to work at it. <laughs> we got to work at it. However, uh, we are you know pandemicking, so. We haven't worked at it Agreed. quite a bit. So, right. I mean, we, we haven't practiced in a couple of months now. You guys should do a Zoom. Has someone figured out a way to... Uh, There's got to be. To, like, figure oh, out the delay. Tomorrow. Oh, uh, one band did that. The Doobie Brothers. The uh, Doobie Brothers broke I mean, up? Been- Shit. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Doobie Brothers did... The uh, uh, Oh, black water. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Now, what's unknown is, did they actually pre-record the parts separately and then they put them together? If they did, but that's that still would, an astounding that experience. That would still yeah. be cool, right? Yeah, because they all kept the same beat the, all, the, all the way through. Right. Kind of, you can edit and, that. And that's some but, serious, um, serious harmonies in that. That and they hit him. They hit him. They hit all That's of them. I'm saying. It, it, I mean, a, even at that age, scene. I wouldn't expect him to hit uh, that yeah. shit. You know, right? Was was Michael McDonald? You know, I know he wasn't on that song, but I, I just had to get my Michael McDonald impression. <laughs> we all got one. So let's jump back. Let's jump back yeah. to uh, Master of Reality, um, which is. I think it's so hard to say. It's like splitting hairs, but I think it's my favorite Black Sabbath album. Yeah, um, go ahead, man. And and I kind of came to it later. Um, you know, again, going way back, introduced to Ozzy and Black Sabbath, Iron Man. But the Iron Man version that I was introduced to was on Night Flight, and I don't know if you remember. Oh, that on show. Uh, USA. And it was or like TBS at like midnight or something. And they would yeah. play. It was just kind of their, their late night thing. They would roll off, you know? Right. Right. It wasn't as current as Friday night videos, but I believe, you know, they did play a lot of stuff. Also, I think they had a lot of commercials on me. Well, right. But I did um, catch Ozzy Osbourne and it was Ozzy Osbourne doing Iron Man with, I'm trying to think of who the guitarist was. Did he have a guitarist named Jake Lee, Jake E. Lee, I think, or maybe he was a bass player. But anyways, he did Iron Man. He was totally fucked up. I didn't know it at the time, but now I look <laughs> back at it. I could probably find it on YouTube. And he's like kind of overweight, but he's got his shirt off and like spandex on and like tattoos. He's sweating profusely. And it's, I mean, his eyes are giant. And all of a sudden, this giant laser, like, crucifix starts, like, twisting and turning towards the screen. And and it ends and, like, stops in the middle of the screen or in the middle of the, 
audience and it's an upside down cross. And I was like, that is the most evil, scary, awesome thing I've ever Cut seen. Cut down cross. That, that means something in the Roman Catholic church. I can't remember what it meant. It's a, the, <laughs> it probably well, means your demon, down, I would imagine. The, the, the prince of darkness. No, upside down cross is like sign of the devil, right? I mean, you would think it would have to be since it's kind of like a pitchfork pointing down. Exactly. Like a, so a disciple or something like that. Um, so that was my introduction to to Iron Man, which at the time I thought was an Ozzy Osbourne song, but it turned out it was a Black Sabbath song. And then I was introduced to Blizzard of Oz. But right, uh, going back to Black Sabbath and Master of Reality, um, came to it late. You know, probably college. And I go through these phases where I'll listen to something just nonstop. I call it the rabbit hole. And um, I was in the van, the, the David Lee Roth rabbit hole this week. But anyways, um, Masters, Master of Reality, unbelievable album. And I mean, come on, the opening track, Sweet Leaf. Sweet Leaf is I, kind of a I declaration. <laughs> Tony Iommi, Tony Iommi just killing it, man. I mean. Yeah, killing it and just way crazy tuned. Oh, Uh, dude, in like those alternate, like those drop D or whatever the hell he's doing. Oh, it's way beyond a drop D. It's several notes down. It's so uh, like sludgy and dark and awesome. It's just fucking great. Really adds to the whole kind of primordial ooze of that album which i think is actually a really good step in front of or you know behind uh paranoid like i feel like that's yeah. a good backup album to tell you the truth oh it, dude paranoid it's not the same insane. thing it's sludgy it's it's, it, it's like the the beginning of stoner rock like it's so many different things and i really think it was heavy metal and i mean maybe we're talking like their previous two albums but heavy metal before people called it heavy metal, you know? They were kind uh, of the- I think Paranoia is definitely the opening of heavy metal. Yeah, uh, uh, like that is the, uh, I would say, what you call the holotype of the uh, heavy metal genre, you know, where let's start tuning our guitars weird, playing in drastically different keys, bringing up medieval type tones. Totally. Uh, you know, here and, we are with the, you know, subjects cross. and- talking about the devil and the devil um, however you know you sound like you read the same thing i did rob i mean a lot of the meanings of their songs are actually you know they're not like anti like anti-war they're like you know totally there's a couple songs on this that like do kind of straight come out of the 60s like that solitude song uh which is like the ballad on the album i mean it's got a little bit of a 60s tinge to it and but i'm not really complaining i just i kind of like it and i see it and i recognize it and, um, you know, there's other things that definitely sound like they come from much later in the 70s than, than that. Right. Once again, don't get me wrong. I'm not bitching about the, the ballad because it was really very, inter- no, very absolutely. interesting. Um, uh, 
but it, it definitely had like that kind of almost sounded like 1968 or 69 or something like that. And so, so many of these other songs like after forever and after forever, children, yeah. children of the grave. Absolutely. After forever that starts like yeah. it's uh, the Bodines from friends. <laughs> like the first little, like the intro. <laughs> And then it goes, like, oh, thank God. That part where they go, I think that one. Yes. When, dude, Bill Ward is like rapping on the edge of the snare that. I think, is that Children of the Grave? I think that's Children of the Grave. But, anyways. That's in one of those tunes on Master of Reality, and you guys will hear it, and it's freaking amazing. Children, my, my note, my notes from Children of the Grave say basically gave Wolf Mother their sound. Yeah, no doubt. Wolf Mother, you know that band is. never quit. They're pretty much out for meat right away on those oh, yeah. songs, which I yeah. I respect the hell out of. Yeah. I mean, they are they were. Oh, it's, black. it's inspiration. I mean, yeah, taking, they were black. Uh, they were Black Sabbath one. incarnated. That was for sure. Yeah. Right. And but there's another band they from Australia which mother? or something like that. Mm-hmm. Say that again. I was, I'm sorry, I missed it. Were they from Australia? Cute. I think they were. Yeah, Australia, New Zealand, something like that. Yeah. I was supposed to see them. They were supposed to come and they were going to play with uh, Sword. Sword. Yeah. I've heard people ween, talk no, about that. Ween. It was something. Oh my was, God. That Primus? I, mean, it was, I think it was Primus. I think it was. I thought it was prime. I mean, none of this is happening now. We but, love uh, prime. I mean, it was prime we, sword and wolf mother. I was like, Ooh, that was oh, that would have been going to see. Yeah, I was trying <laughs> to convince you guys to. Yeah, really. But then I looked at tickets and they were like insane. Hundreds of dollars. Yeah, yeah Primus is not cheap. But we uh, less is not cheap. No, but he's worth every goddamn. Yeah. Penny. I don't go on stage for less than. Like, I don't even we, get the fuck out of bed for less than a hundred thousand dollars. Right. I mean, we we all three of us love Primus. Obviously, we hope you guys do too. But, um, I'm a bass player. I mean, uh, uh, kind and of whatever. Anyone can be a bass player. They just pick up the bass. And and Les Claypool is the bass player. The consummate. I mean, or one of the one of the I I'd like to mention John Paul Jones for Rob oh, right now. Good God. Best or Rob because I know John Paul, I know he wants to and he's aching to and he's probably aware of the fact that he mentions Led Zeppelin all the time. You know best so multi instrumentalist in in popular music ever. The YouTube on that guy goes deep. Yeah. He's a he's a fascinating dude and an amazing player of a lot of different instruments. But anyways, um so we were we were talking about master reality. I just wanted to bring up one one more thing. Dude, into the void. I mean, there's <laughs> there's a guitar riff in there and I know shit, and you guys will know what it is that Metallica wrote a fucking genre around. I mean, literally. Oh, and, after yeah, that song has it has it goes deep into like the future of metal. Of, exactly. I and mean, then, it's like it's like go ahead, man. Sorry, and then it and then it switches up into a like a riff or a a part that Motorhead wrote a freaking genre around. I mean, it's like. So, it's, is there any? Uh, are you guys familiar with what was what was Lemmy's first band? Hawkwind. Is yes, Hawkwind, correct. I would say the the general keyed down Tony Iommi it kind of. I mean, if, if you've never heard Hawkwind, that is a. It's like the 1973 British version of Wolf Mother. Right. They uh, were weren't they, they called themselves like psychedelic? 
and it, they it were is aggressively like psychedelic. Aggressive too, almost. Yeah, correct? yeah, yeah. It's a something. It's a something for sure. Go seek it out. Uh, but in any case, I think we'll wrap it up, and uh, I think we'll write it out with uh, uh, after forever, and you, uh, you know, get get a nice little taste of this piece of the future. Remember, remember this came out in 1971, not 1981. Right. So uh, take it easy. Uh, listen to the messages, and uh, we'll be back. Just we'll be uh, back. Just a minute or two. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Remember, everyone, we want you to submit your formative four. Tell us the musical seeds that set you on your path, and we might review one of your albums right here on the air. You can get on our blog at musicchallenge.fireside.fm or email us at musicchallengepod at gmail.com. Also, you can slip into our DMs at musicchallengepod on Instagram. Come as close to four as you can, but if you need more or less, that's all right, too. Remember... MusicChallengePod at gmail.com and you can hear us discuss one of your albums. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Uh, that was I Don't Know uh, off of our featured album by Ozzy Osbourne, uh, Blizzard of Oz. And uh, so we're going to get right into it. This is one of my, Andrew's, formative albums uh, from my childhood, to tell you the truth. So let me, uh, uh, I'd like to say uh, hi, Jed, first. Hey, what's happening? That's right, Rob. Why don't you tell? Why don't you tell us the concept of this whole damn thing that we're doing here? So this um, this podcast, our podcast, obviously is called the Music Challenge, but um, this segment or season is called the Formative Four, and the Formative Four is or are four records um, that each are one of us formative, correct from from each one of those of of us. So twelve records. But four from each that are the um, seeds to musical paths that we have taken or journeys that we've taken uh, throughout our lives. And I, I, I'm super passionate about music. Obviously, Jed and Drew are as well. I've known Drew for 20 plus years and we've seen a ton of live stuff. But he, we started talking about this sure. concept and, and, and I didn't even know we were talking about it. But um, we started talking about these albums that are formative. And um, by the end of the conversation, he said, uh, dude, 
you're you're recruited to do this podcast with Jed. I was like, what? What are you talking about? So <laughs> well, it, was, started- it was like like you actually said the words formative four in the midst of just our regular conversation in my car. Which and I was is just crazy. like, all right, I just gotta tell you, we're doing this, you know, we're doing this podcast. And I didn't say anything Even- about you participating at the time. But like Oh, both- you didn't. Okay, okay. But like the next next day, like around noon or something, I I actually sent you a long proposal. Like yes, dude, he did. I would, I would like I am officially I want you involved in this in some capacity. And Jed and Which I talked is, about it. We didn't really know what yet, you know. Um, and it's so we were flattering still out the idea, right? And and we kind of hashed it out, but it was so flattering because, uh, you know, I didn't know Jed very well and I've got to know him. I feel like I've known him for 20 years. Um, but um, he's actually known kinda, me for 20 years. We, 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 we kind of just developed it in our heads and talked about it and thought it was a great talking point. And I'm hoping you guys do too. So send us your formative four, folks, even your formative one. Send us one at a time, one a week. That's okay. Right. Uh, send them to us. We want to hear what they are. You can email um, them to us or you can uh, latch on to uh, our Facebook page, Music Challenge Pod. Uh, you can either jump in the group there or I think you might, I have to figure out the group. Uh, Jed needs to help me figure out the group. Yeah, I need to figure out it too. Jed is the, <laughs> he needs to figure the, out it too. He's um, the resident he is the resident tech badass. I don't know. Uh, I don't think that's entirely accurate. Well, I don't know if that's as, entirely accurate, but I will tell you this, people. As Jed is, me. Jed is the strategic. Like this whole damn thing would not exist if it weren't for Jed. Strategy. So, I mean, he he really drilled into what he thought was interesting about some stuff that I was throwing out there, and here we are. So, um, you know. Massive props go to Jed for the you know really guiding us to this point. Oh, um, right, and that so so that's the concept of our oh, dude. It fun thing wouldn't be here do. without you. Hopefully, we all listen, or you all listen to us and find it interesting. But anyways, that's the concept. even if it, even if it just brings if even if you listen to it once and you bring up that conversation with someone else, I swear you'll have it again or whatever. It's a it's a, it's a great for conversation sure. to have with a friend, you know, because everyone came from different places. Yeah, just think about it in your head, you know. I mean, there's lots of, I mean, you know, it's just food for thought, you know. So uh, send us in one. I mean, so we're going to do, I threw massive props out to John D. earlier tonight. And uh, we're actually going to do Fugazi uh, uh, 13 Songs. Amazing album. Which was on the tip of the tongue of a a lot of our uh, formative fours. Like if this was a formative five, six, or seven, you would probably be hearing that album. But uh, it's not. So in any case, it was sent in by a listener, and we are proud to do it. Uh, So very shortly, very soon, uh, Fugazi 13 Songs has been added to uh, the uh, playlist for the rest of the season. And I think I will be sending out uh, as well uh the album titles for the rest of the season so people can look forward to that uh, so well. so guys when we when we bring these albums up if you're not familiar with them and hopefully you are familiar with them but even you know if you if you haven't listened to 13 songs in 10 years give it a spin it's an amazing record amazing oh you it the thing is i think everyone who ever heard that in the 80s 
if they run across it again, they're going to listen to it. Cause it's like, Oh, oh yeah. that was bad ass. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, we don't me, want to, dis- I don't know what it is. Yeah. We we're not trying to discuss it too much. Cause we're here to talk about Ozzy and Blizzard of Oz, but it's, it's just great. It's amazing. Yeah. Everyone yeah. knew that we we knew that we were going to take one of those. Cause that, that's a, that was a, that was a great set of songs. It was great, great, great list. It was, so, yeah, thanks for doing of, that. Yeah, right in our territory. And uh, not only that, um, it's always great to have another mind in there. And sure. I, I trust uh, Mr. John D as much as anyone. So please send him in. Uh, send him in through our email, which you can link to through our Facebook page, Music Challenge Pod. So um, also, you can subscribe to uh, the podcast through there. Subscribe. Subscribe, uh, guys. All you have to do is hit that connect us button and it will take you to all of your different wherever you get your podcast from. Choose it. You don't have to search for anything and you're done. And like and subscribe it. Like, subscribe, going. and for God's sakes, comment. Cause it really, really helps. Right. We'll comment back. Trust me. Um, some of you suicidal tendency guys, man, you went way over my head with your comments, <laughs> but uh, some of you didn't. So it, it was kind of fun. Actually, it was thank, totally fun. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for that. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks for the response. It was, it, it, it's really changed. It's really, I think you're going to get a good product out of this. Um, so, uh, Blizzard of Oz. Um, I guess, you know, like I said, this is one of my, this is my third uh, formative album that I've brought to you. Um, and uh, there's a few reasons why I picked it. Um I would tell you, like, my first, uh, let's talk about, I guess, my first, uh, when I got into it. And uh, really what it was, was um, I had a, uh, 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 I had a brother who was really into the album, kind of at the time. There was a radio station in Rockford where I lived at the time called Y95. And it was, quote unquote, a heavy metal radio station. Wow. Yeah. There wasn't many of those. Um, and there wasn't, and mostly it was hard rock. It was Van Halen. It was XRT. Right. Uh, no, it wasn't XRT. Old, old XRT? No, it was. Maybe, maybe at like 10 at night or yeah. something. I mean, like it didn't play any pussy shit, that's for sure. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, it kept it pretty, you know. It kept it Pretty real. hard rockish. And, uh, but any case, so, you know, here, Decent Sabbath on there and, uh, you start hearing, um, you know, some Aussie singles. Then I start hearing it at home because my brother has bought, uh, Blizzard of Oz and, uh, the start of the second side is a particular tune, uh, called Mr. Crowley. Yes, it uh, is in reference to Aleister Crowley, who uh, correct apparently everyone in England thinks is a wizard. 
an actual wizard. And, and, uh, and not to not to bring Led Zeppelin. Here it comes. Jimmy Page bought his bought his old house and was a huge student of Aleister Crowley. So back to Ozzy Osbourne. Yes. Um, so uh, in any case, this opens up with a very medieval, majestic type organ solo that at times uh, I would have played through my bedroom wall when I was 10 years old uh, at maximum volume. And it just sounded like all of a sudden the Vatican is coming into session as far as uh, pretty the, eerie. The ma- yeah, pretty eerie as far as mass went. And, um, and then it opens. And then frankly, we have to throw the name out there. Randy Rhodes. Uh, master. Master, because on this album, if you don't have Randy Rhodes, I'm not sure you have Ozzy. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And it began Ozzy's kind of revolving door of like badass musicians that he would have play for him. Hired hands. Not exactly. Not to jump too far forward, but Zach Wilde, I mean, the guy is, say what you want about him, but he's an absolute badass, multi-instrumentalist, like classically trained he's a badass um and it all started with randy rhodes who was the original badass um but he was a bad ass i mean he was eddie van halen quality guitarist absolutely i mean you know this wasn't some dumb fuck i mean he was i mean if you ever get a chance anyone listen to the ozzy osbourne tribute album to randy rhodes oh right and like the mr crowley on that is like he corks off a solo that is is dumbifying. I mean, just like how does a dude learn to move from key to key that fast? And right. like, I mean, while he's doing you know these massive amounts of notes that are just flowing out of his fingers, and it's I mean, it's just beautiful. I mean, it's, it really is. It really is. Yeah, I it's, mean, in a little little quick side on Randy Rhodes. He's I mean. His his mom owned a music store in California, and um, they it, he started playing guitar at seven and was was trained on classical guitar um, at his mom's music school, and then uh, shortly picked up the electric. That's how you move from key to key. Exactly. Yep. So exactly. he's I mean he does not miss a note. So he started getting into electric guitar and taking lessons from another teacher at his mom's school. And at some point, when Randy was still very young, the teacher told his mother, um, I, "He needs a new teacher. He knows more than me on this." <laughs> I was like, "What?" So. He was, I mean, and they didn't own a stereo in his house. What they did for fun was like all play music. He was, I mean, can you imagine? Obviously, heard of families imagine, like that. Imagine the creativity it creates, but I mean, it's insane. And the dude was ridiculous. Played piano. His mom made him play the piano as well while he was learning guitar because she wanted him to know music theory really well. So That's the story I mean, of every bluegrass musician that yeah. was ever born <laughs> was learning how to play band right. on a front porch in Georgia. On a front porch, somewhere on a front porch. But rarely does it is that story consistent for you know rock and roll guy. Right, no doubt, no doubt. But you can hear some of that coming in on this record, and um, 
the like I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a song towards the second side or on the second Whatever, side. Whatever, go nuts. Um, Revelation, Mother Earth. I mean, that is <clears throat> classical in like the mix between classical and metal, and it's freaking beautiful. Not to mention it was like Ozzy Osbourne writing environmental songs. I mean, what's up with that? Dude? That's <laughs> his everybody's bitching at him for biting heads off bats and and he's yeah that was kind of the big uh uh for the record from what i know he actually bit the head off a pigeon um so that's but it was it wasn't on stage it was actually uh during like a like a press thing or something like that um so he actually did it and alice cooper didn't right Alice Cooper did not. Um, <laughs> but he made it look like he did. Yeah. Well, because Frank Zappa told him to. Uh, Frank Zappa called him the next day and said, did you really do that? And he's like, no, I didn't do that. Frank's how like, could you, don't tell anyone. How could you take anything that Frank, Frank Zappa challenged you to do that wasn't music? He didn't challenge him to do it. He just told him to write out the PR as long as he could. Oh, right? I right? Like he's like, well, don't tell anyone you didn't bite the head off because it's that's awesome. You're getting excellent press. So, uh, so that that bitten um, avian animal, whatever it was, bird. yeah, okay, um, got my my. Ozzy Osbourne record taken away by my mom um, along with, and I think I've told you folks this Motley Crue shot at the devil, but anyways. Um, he liked them. Oh, I loved them too. No, she liked them. Oh, she yeah, she's just to keeping them. them. <laughs> like, right. That album's she's mine. Li- she's listening to Blizzard of Oz in her room at like midnight, <laughs> smoking dope. <laughs> Never ever one could wish. Right. No doubt. There's a so lot of people who say never ever that are wrong. Stoned. Yeah, agreed. You're right. You're right. Um so and then talking about like obviously crazy train. Everybody knows and loves crazy train. It's yeah. like a, it's, a the cla- it's been in car classics. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, the quintessential classic rock like playlist. Um and I could never hear it again. But in the context of this record, Blizzard of Oz, it's amazing. All aboard! <laughs> I, 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 Yeah, I mean, I mean, like you know, for an introduction to a to a group, and the thing is, I mean, I I believe the group uh, was supposed to be called Blizzard of Oz. You are correct. You and are then correct. they showed up at the venue for the first thing, and it said Ozzy Osbourne presents Blizzard of Oz or something right. like that. Right. So then all of a sudden, that was the start of Ozzy's solo career. Exactly. <laughs> It was when he got called out like a bitch on the uh, marquee. Randy's like, you motherfucker. But I mean, <laughs> actually, I'm, he was. <laughs> actually, was, Randy Rhodes was a little discontent. I'm sure. But so, but the story goes when Ozzy fired the bass and bass player and drummer, Randy Rhodes was like, he was a little disgruntled about the whole thing being called. Or a lot. 
Um, okay. Right. But he was like, I nobody knows who the fuck I am. So I don't have a leg to stand on. So I'm just going to shut my mouth. And I would, I mean, he did the right thing. He's got, his guitar playing is just sickening. It's he awesome certainly laid thing. down uh, a legacy that was strong. Absolutely. And, um, and it was a short, short time that he was even in the fold. Oh, yeah. To make that, to make that kind of an impact is, I mean, a ton of people refer to Randy Rhodes as an inspiration. And the guy played on two commercial albums. I guess he played on Quiet Riot too, but. Um, oh, did he have the yeah, early, he was, early, early Quiet he was, Riot? He was a founding founding member of Quiet Riot, I believe. Huh. I mean, because Quiet Riot has had a few formations. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, right. Like the kind of, remember the band Slade? There's something, run, run away. Um, I don't. Now you're going to make me search it, but go. I don't. Uh, don't go too far um, for it. So go. Uh, uh, any case, uh, Quiet Riot kind of resembled that band, which was some sort of kind of English, uh, Scottish sounding ordeal. Gotcha. Maybe not too much unlike Big Country or something like that. Um, Got you. Uh, um, I like Big Country. Uh, yeah, I, I remember liking them. I don't remember the album very much. Um, but, you know, I remember big song, you know, songs I liked on it. I don't sure. know if they even had a second single. I mean, I'm sure they did. I, I don't know yeah, if they I did think, anything. Yeah, I think they did. Right, right. So anyways, um, so the... So the, Crazy Train, obviously, is a hallmark and rises above, you know, really... Um, really Ozzy's music in general. I mean, it, you know, because like, as I just said, it, it it's a car commercial. For and sure. Once you go that far, it's, it's, it's lost the commercialism at that point. And but, uh, the who gave a few away to cars, whatever, Cadillacs, whatever. So what you got, Rob? So um, as a debut, obviously ground groundbreaking guitarist, um man getting like axed from black sabbath and starting a band i mean this is a absolutely ridiculous debut album i mean crazy um you know it hits lists like top metal top 100 metal albums you know it's in the top 10 top rock albums of all time it's got to be in the top 20 um Amazing. And then the deeper cuts like Suicide Solution. And there's a great story. Suicide about Solution's Suicide. actually a good song. There's a great story about Suicide Solution. There's a great story about Suicide Solution. It's a really good song. I, I've seen a video of them playing Suicide Solution in like a soundstage, like for the BBC or something. I can't find it for the life of me. But it is an amazing rendition of the tune. And Randy Rhodes is just fucking killing it on the tune. They're like, you know, they got that like white like draped paper in the background, like just the, you know, like the quintessential, exactly. Um, but that song was part of a lawsuit 
And there was a young man, unfortunately, who, who, who killed himself and did it apparently, I don't know how they know this, but or referenced that song in a note. Um, so this family sued CBS and Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, yes, I remember that. For And I remember this clearly for that song. Probably another reason Bond took the album away from me. Um, but Probably. Like when the Reagans but, started talking about it. But... <laughs> But Ozzy's defense was, and there's a there's a line in the song, Suicide Solution, it is wine is fine, but whiskey's quicker. Yep. Um, and he re- said he wrote that line thinking about one of his best friends, Bon Scott from ACDC, yeah. who died of an alcohol incident, right? Um, and the, I think it was the bass player wrote the lyrics or most of the lyrics to the tune. And he said something to the effect of he had Ozzy's own like addiction in mind. <laughs> in mind when he wrote the tune. And he's like, here, sing this, Oz, while you're all fucked up. Yeah, that's kind of like victim of the crime for the Grateful Dead. It's like, mm-hmm. who is this song really about? Right. So, <laughs> Bobby's looking at Jerry. Jerry's looking at Bobby. Right. Um, it's you. No, it's you. It's no, you. dude. It doesn't have anything about me. I know that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, and then to me, this album became like the blueprint for what hard rock was going to sound like. Absolutely. And not glam rock, not your MTV video, you know, no, hard rock, like what actual, like what your kind of, I mean, let's, let's face it in the quote unquote, you know, in the eighties, heavy metal came of age. Right, and, and I mean, you're talking like blew Iron up Maiden, with bands. Iron Maiden, I mean, Judas Priest was a contemporary, but they all took stuff from each other. And there's, I mean, again, I mean, they sound different. I mean, one's right. from another continent, you know. Right. Um, you know, I mean, Judas Priest. I think that English Steel. You know, every time, you know, and it, I mean, British, it's heavy sound. British Steel, but close. Did I same, say English? Same idea. English, you did. That's okay. We all knew what you were talking about. Judas Priest is amazing. <laughs> we we need to. We, I think we all we still do. Rob's the best. You realize it's four provinces, right? <laughs> you do that so much better than I'm my wife does, I'm Rob. It's so much what nicer you, than when she corrects me. <laughs> That's so what is it kind of. I don't mean to be. No, of, not at all. It's trying to be. Clarity. Everyone, everyone. Everyone goofs. Right. We're all goofy. I'm so if if you guys haven't figured this out, you're a little anxious. I'm not talking to Jed and and Drew. I'm talking to you folks out there. Like I'm There you go. Isn't that the way you want it? Music, passion, like that's me. I just love it. It makes me go. Just don't forget about us. <laughs> I love that. Hey, 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 hey. Bre- Breakfast Club. We won't. We we won't let Drew sing much. But uh, yeah, that's I great. actually end up singing just about every episode, which is weird because I'm not a singer. Yeah, I've never heard but, you sing any other time. Well, maybe a, a note or two, but uh, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, I'm not a singer. It comes out. Uh, so back to Blizzard. Uh, back to Blizzard. Uh, I gotta say, what are your guys' uh, takes on the on the ballads? Because that's, uh, that that's one of exactly my, where I was going. That okay. is one of my least favorite things about about metal is 
a good metal ballad. <laughs> it's a, yeah, the it's power, cool. the power ballad. The power ballad yes. is just not a fave of mine. It, it, it's it's and that's what I love about what which I didn't get to know about the Black Sabbath album, uh, is that they they do instead of doing ballads, they they do a a beautiful like instrumental so right? instrumental exactly. or like and i can't remember which one is is like 28 Dude. seconds and it does everything that a- embryo embryo embryo, yeah. embryo does it's everything uh, great everything that you need in a break period song sure and then jumps right back into it and i love that like you don't need a six minute ballad it's not Ozzy song. You know? Goodbye to Romance is one of the worst songs ever written. <laughs> but it's he's got things to say, man. I guess that's I guess I that's guess what Goodbye it is. to Black Sabbath is really what that meant. But I mean, that is exactly- it's like really he could have just said, "Here's the song, Goodbye to Romance." Period. You hit the, you hit the nail done. on the head. Yeah, exactly what it's about. Um, and like you said earlier, he thought his career was over when he got booted from Black Sabbath and then he released this shit. He had be, dude, he didn't party enough already. Then he wrote an album he had no idea it was going to go like triple platinum. He had to be like, this old bitch just, it's like, <laughs> fuck you guys. Up. Fuck you guys. Exactly. You're fired. You're fired. No, Randy, you're staying. No, you stay. Sharon's just waiting for him to die. Sharon. <laughs> Is succubus. <laughs> um, she she did get some good music out of him though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, hey, little no- <laughs> little known fact, by the way, Randy Rhodes and Sharon, not Osborne at the time. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Um, like, I guess so. I guess Sharon is you know, apparently a little bit more wily lawyer than we thought she was. Yeah, exactly. She was um, their man. She's looking to represent someone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, she, right. I'll represent you, all right. Like, are you looking for a lawyer? <laughs> uh, Ozzy's just like, mm. it's like, is that a yes? <laughs> So, I'm, so, I'm sitting so, in my own urine right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't even so. care. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you seem to have shit your pants. Uh, so what are your guys' thoughts on No Bone Movies? I think that I think it's like one of the quintessential sounds of you know absolutely like that is like six of these songs equal or seven of these songs like Steal Away, um, absolutely you know, equal awesome. equal just what hard rock not glam rock sounded like in the eighties you know right and it was like commercialized shiny. yeah it was shiny and like kind of like uplifting. And there's no way that Ozzy could have done that with Black Sabbath because Black Sabbath didn't do that. Like, no, it's too poppy. You know, that the whole, like, exactly. Like, second, the whole second half of that album sounds like ACDC to me. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, at, at least a tinge, you know, like there's just mm-hmm. a, there's just that like ha- a little Which bit album? more happiness. Yes. It, there's ha- definite happiness. And I was on the, thinking, on like the, second, the second side of Blizzard oh, of Oz. Blizzard of Oz sounds like ACDC. Really? I feel like there's ACDC in there. Okay. Not he, no, not so he, much. He I don't hear it. No, per, not personally. <laughs> um, not stylized anyway. I mean, not but, like sounds like. No, I'm, I guess I guess sounds like isn't is is too far. And what do you guys think it's of like t- the production, t- like that 
isn't it like hyper trebly? Like that was when eighties, like yeah, you know, really uh, I think that's maybe high, what we're talking, what I'm talking about. I think end. like, okay. but I'm sure like, you I think it's just the remastered version. Sure, I think it comes clear in that second set. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. They, you can't even find the not remastered version unless you're listening. So, did you guys hear what they did with this record? Yeah. So not about like using his current bass. Well, they remastered it using, like Sharon organized this whole thing. Sharon Osborne, uh, they remastered they were, it with his current, uh, at the time, uh, Randy Trujillo, right? And Trujillo, 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 and, and he's uh, an who, Mike Borden, and uh, and so they remastered the album <laughs> with two different dudes from the actual from the original album. So the two. So they, do. They took the they took the two original drum and bass tracks out of the record and put Robert Trujillo and whatever the other guy's name is. That's what is their their tracks right. So, which I think is kind of bullshit, right? It's total bullshit. I mean, it's everyone knows bullshit. it's bullshit. I mean, I mean, so only a fucking witch would have someone do that. I right. mean, so that I mean, was all cooked up by Sharon too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then, is that just like it, a financial? Like, do they then get to no? Get I think more she money? thought like, that, what's the deal on that? No, my deal, my my thinking is she just thought that they sucked, and that, <laughs> it, it, and the thing Those, is, I think she original? also thought she was enhancing the album somehow by having better players, but she doesn't oh, good fucking God. music. You don't this don't is what it is. Some- Right. Oh, you like don't fuck with, with the Mona Lisa or whatever the exactly. hell it is. I mean, it's just like, oh, can you make a smile a little bit more? And right. it's like, uh, and, and it's just like she didn't know what the fuck she was doing. So what it came down to after that remaster was released with the different players, uh, Ozzy kind of mumbled during some interview that he just wanted it to go back to the way it was. Mm-hmm. And nice. so that's when they remastered the original tapes with the original drummer and bass player. Right. Um, and uh, so that is the story of, I mean, the, I mean, and I think Sharon version. was trying to save, a, I mean, save a buck too. You know, you don't have to pay those guys. And then if right. you, you pay, you know, Trujillo and uh, Mike Borden less than you're going to, you know, if you you know steal them away with highway highway robbery, that's just more money for Ozzy or Sharon and Ozzy sure. in the end. Sure, and so, I'm sure it. I'm sure it's old copies, but if I heard that, and no slight to Robert Trujillo, he's a great bass player, and he also produced that Jaco Pastorius uh, documentary, which if you guys haven't seen, it's just called Jaco. It's freaking amazing unbelievable um anyways but they weren't the original players you don't fuck with perfection you just don't do it so if you guys check out the remastered the newly remastered old copy of blizzard of oz at the end of it there's a song called rr oh yeah that's beautiful it's just outtakes from randy Rhodes in the studio just absolutely shredding on the just Spreading on the guitar. It's amazing. I listened to it on headphones today. You got to check it out. It, it It's the remaster. Maybe we should go out on that. Version. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> a good idea. Yeah, we can take it out on RR. Right. Though it's not on the original album. Right. But uh, it's so hard for me to get out of my locked, whatever, routines and repetitions. Sure. So, 
So I don't know. I mean, have we uh, about covered this album? All right. Well, I think this wraps up another episode of the Music Challenge Podcast. Remember to check us out at our Facebook page, Music Challenge Pod. Uh, and uh, we'll be posting show notes, set lists, whatever up there. Um, and uh, thanks for your comments, your likes, your shares. Uh, we appreciate all of that. And please keep it coming. And, your loves. Oh, your loves were especially... <laughs> for your love uh we're especially poignant and uh, uh thanks again guys send us your formative four send us your formative four okay good night good night good night guys three two one